だ怒りに燃える投資があるなら巨大な Welcome to the Great Gundam Project. I am Jackson Tyler. I'm joined by M. Hello. Hello. Hi. I realized I said my full name. I never do that. That's weird. Yeah, no. People know who you are. This is a Patreon podcast. Patreon exclusive podcast. We're the so Patreon in the last week. <laughs> Look, I already wrote up a thing. I have nothing more to say. I know, but in case people haven't read it, this is a place to put quick patron updates i would just direct you to the thing that m wrote in the weekly update it lays everything out basically it's a disaster but we're going to be sticking with patreon for as long as there is no alternative so we do appreciate your support we are looking into like if things get to a point where we have to we might restructure how things are and we'll be open that whole time so yeah i, we'll I bet it i bet it will not do that i bet this I'll... will continue until something else opens up and maybe people will move there but we're not moving unless because the problem is if even if you move to like a service that is quote unquote the good service no one's on it no one's on it and it splits everything and also it'll be the discord problem right where that service is everyone's switching to it but in two years it'll be a disaster because they'll have sold whatever their startup is that's the startup model right yeah so who knows it all sucks but thank you very much for sticking with us so far and we'll we, we plan to keep making cool stuff for as long as we're able to yeah we actually went up a little we hit our 350 goal there's a movie podcast i've got like podcast art i've got uh, movies lined up we are going to make that that is going to come in january yes that we have plans for that that are very cool we're not announcing yet but be excited yeah. uh so, jackson did you watch any yes, anime i did What'd you watch? I actually did. I, all right. <laughs> uh, I decided to start rewatching Evangelion this That's week. That's not anime. Yes, it is. No, it's not. What? <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> what? Hey, this is the... Uh, not since you told me I watched the Orville <laughs> have I been so thrown <laughs> by you just being a dick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Evangelion's fucking great. I'm just... Apparently the normiest fucking trash to exist. I love Metal Gear. I love Evangelion. Me and Donnie riding that wave. You, Donnie, and Dan Reichert. Fuck off. Dan Reichert has never seen Evangelion. God, he should, though. Someone make Dan watch Evangelion, please. Uh, I mean, look, I wouldn't show Dan Evangelion. I think Dan would hate Evangelion. Someone should show him Cowboy Bebop. I think he'd actually really like that. So. I mean, Cowboy Bebop is better than Evangelion in every way. Like, yeah, I'm not but it's also front. like, that's a show for anybody. Like, you don't even have to like anime or anything to watch Cowboy Bebop. No, because like we there's that one episode, and you talked to me about how this episode specifically, but the whole thing is like influ has influence from like Batman the animated series and the way it structures itself. That's why it's not as capital A anime and it's just popular. Yep. Cowboy Bebop's great. Yeah, I remember. What, so because of who I am and like just being in the space, I my brain put 
Evangelion and Cowboy Bebop in like a similar headspace because they're both big shows from the 90s in space. So oh, not in space. For, for, everyone talks for up. 90s people, like people who grew up in the 90s, they are like the two shows that you, it was like, oh, you have to watch Eva. You have to watch Cowboy Bebop. These are the very popular shows everyone likes. So they exist kind of in the same thought space yeah. as someone like me, even though they could not be more different. And and I watched Eva first and watching it again, like that's the most like fast moving uh arty nonsense uh serialized show it's very good i love it a lot shinji's very sad your your entire ability to enjoy that show depends on your tolerance for shinji being a fucking just useless depressed boy i i Uh, hate him but i like asuka a lot so that that carries the day yes eventually a character shows up who is as disgusted with everything as like a normal person would i relate to shinji just being a complete disaster all the time yeah uh and and so I and so I have a good when I watch when I watch Evangelion the only time I watched it I was nineteen so I don't know what I think about that show I I would be really interested for you to revisit that but you've got no time why would you like sit down and watch rewatch Evangelion when you could do anything else yeah I don't watch anime at all exactly but and then then like I watch Bebop and like oh it's this show has like four episodes that are technically connected but yeah. aside from that it's just cool stories in space it's the all tone it's the best if you have to pick one to watch i'd say cowboy bebop but you know yeah there you yeah. go that's my i actually watched some anime i don't have like takes on it because imagine having huge takes on evangelion in 2017 but it's cool i enjoy it. i'm enjoying myself i'm posting screenshots this is my first time watching it in like hd oh so I'm man enjoying that's a really it nice shot yeah yes i i guess i watched the opening video of attack on titan another six times this week <laughs> Yeah, in the Discord, there was a little chat about... A th- I don't know where it came from. Someone was talking about Attack on Titan, and I came in and was like, I, I, I read the manga up to them getting to the basement. It fucking sucks. It's, it never gets better. Don't worry about it. I'm here to tell you that it, it's bad. Uh, you can you read a little after they got to the basement. It just didn't oh. get out of the basement. It just turned into flashback hell. Yeah, it's all flashbacks to characters we've never seen before yep. now, and it has been for a year. That's I mean, whatever. Attack on Titan's bad. I'm an idiot for reading it. I had to know. Um... But that opening title for the the first one specifically, yep. it's the shot where it's infinite people just flying at the Titans as this song reaches its climax is the yeah, best really shot good. in that entire it's show. Really we should talk about Gundam. Yeah, we should. We are going to talk about Gundam now. Let's play the thing. Let's come back and talk about the episodes. <laughs> Episode 32 is called... Okay. This episode is called, for me, Breakthrough. Oh, okay. Interesting. My episode is called Breakthrough Strategy. Okay. Because I said Breakthrough, and then the the uh, Japanese title was just a bunch of characters and went on for a while. I assume, I assume the concept of breaking through a line is probably like a longer word in Japanese, then. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because some, it, yeah, it sometimes things are very different, and it, it's not always like because for all you know, def- for all we know, it could be like a shoji reference or something, you know, right? Like it could come from anything. True, we don't actually know shit about Japan and Japanese as a, yeah. as a language. We haven't done. I that mean, work. I I can read, I can read kana, but that that doesn't get me very far when I don't know words. <laughs> yeah, uh, it seems interesting. I don't have the time. Anyway, in anyway. this episode. The white base continues on its way as the crew struggle with repairs and their own exhaustion. Bright and Mirai continue to wander after Sela as the white base is intercepted by a single mobile suit. 
Hayata goes out to investigate and discovers the, the Zacrello, an absolutely ridiculous mobile armor that has a big dumb face that beams out of its mouth and is apparently piloted by one of Char's officers who is out to avenge his fallen comrade whose name I never bothered to learn. Sorry, Xeon soldiers, you are not special. Char is mad because it's both clearly stupid and the Zacrello is so worthless Char's never heard of it before. He is dismissive <laughs> as I am and that's great. Gundam launches in half G armor form to back up Hayato, which is good considering Hayato is getting beat up until the Gundam intervenes. Amuro easily beats it with, while only taking minor damage and brings the Gundam in for further repairs. While watching over them, Slugger and Amuro talk about Char and how much everyone seems to be obsessed with him, and Sela overhears and only gets more tired of the whole mess. She's, she's dreaming of her brother now and her anxieties about them being on opposite sides of this war. Char's ship is also damaged, and while repairing the ship, he contacts Dren of the Xeon Camel Fleet, who he turns on to following the White Basin instead. Three warships intercept the white base, and it's all hands on deck for a full-on space battle. A guy on the white base bridge describes the Rick Doms as the one with skirts, which honestly seems pretty informal for a battle setting, but everyone decides to go with it? I don't know. Sailor's very excited to be fighting enemies she knows are not Char, and manages to wrangle all the boys that are armor in this battle with surprising efficiency. Byte and Mirai also turn out to be a great pair when it comes to using the white base, and they manage to hold their own against the three warships and the Rick Doms. When the Gundam finally launches, it's to basically do cleanup, and Amuro comes from far above to take out two of the warships single-handedly, while the rest of the forces are distracted by the white base. The entire battle manages to distract Zeon long enough for the entire Federation fleet to get off Earth safely. By the time Char arrives, the entire fleet is destroyed. Three cheers for the heroes! The white base heads to the neutral side sex for repairs in defiance of their orders before they can resume their mission. Mariah, of course, is more than a little upset since her fiancé fled to side six when the war started. But that's a story for another time. For five minutes from now. Yes. <laughs> this is the most nothing episode, but yes. it's so on its bullshit at all times. Okay, so there's two things at the start in the, like, the first scene that I like lost it at. First being, the very first thing that happens is they're like, we need to send someone out to deal with this. Who's... Is there anyone who's not a fucking wreck? And they're like, oh, Hayato's here. He's normal. <laughs> yep. Well, Kai's in the shower, right? Like, is yeah, that Kai's the in the shower. Amaro's like, can I come out too? I love my Gundam. And it's like, your Gundam is like not fixed yet, idiot. <laughs> I want to go out in the Gundam. And he does. And he gets it broken even more. And so fair, he comes out in the Gundam in the dumbest way where it's the top half of the Gundam sticking out of the G-armor. <laughs> And then he spends most of the episode sitting at a computer. <laughs> yep. Uh, the other best thing is Slugger Law finally admitting, like, what the fuck is going on with the white base, where the scene, the, the episode begins, and uh, Brad and Ryan talking about Sailor going, it's weird, we've we've take, done a medical exam, nothing seems to be wrong. I don't know why she happens to be saying, shah, every five seconds. It must be nothing. And then Slugger Law comes in and goes, okay, someone has to talk about this. You keep saying shah every five seconds. What is going on? Yep. Uh, I'm, I didn't expect the show to be like self-aware about that. I assumed that was just going to be part of the tone of the show, but they, they mentioned it. It's good. Yeah, no, everyone's on their bullshit. Slugger Law is also on his bullshit, but his bullshit is being irreverent, so he's able to point that stuff out. Yeah, and, and his bullshit is, like, shooting too early. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, everything about the Zacrello is the worst. I hate it so much, Jackson. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? I mean, it, do- it just doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's like it's like a giant green goblin head that shoots laser beams, basically. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's so dumb. Char doesn't even like. He's like, "What is this garbage? Oh, I hate this." 
<laughs> he does like the guy dies and he's like i guess whatever i didn't even know it existed till now so how can i be sad about it Fucking yeah exactly you idiots you're all useless uh dren is the only zeon officer who i thought had just escaped and been was going to be fine because you just stop seeing him after shah gets uh yeah like, after shah has his whole thing happen and runs away for a bit uh but he comes back and i'm like oh He's not going to make it through this episode, is he? There's no yeah, way. No, he, get, he gets back. He comes back and gets hard vacuumed into space as the Gundam like cuts through the bridge of the ship. Yep. He he has to watch every like person under his command die. All the other ships explode, and then he dies. Yep. This. The question becomes: Did Char know what he was doing when he sent the fleet to attack the White Base? uh i don't think so because he's like even dren couldn't hold them hmm interesting like he's definitely using uh them as pawns to be like i yeah. wonder if this will help but i don't think he was intending for dren to die he was no maybe hoping but he, he also knew it was a very real possibility right like you can't yeah. not know that but he's like playful with dren in a way that he isn't with any like compare the way he treats dren to the way he cre- treats gama who is someone who's actually playing yes that's uh, fair because he's like <laughs> he's like really mean to him but in a way that you know that char doesn't actually hate him because yep. when char hates you he's very nice <laughs> yeah that's fair uh but yeah nothing happens in this episode <laughs> yeah, and like there's a big fight and that's cool i guess but that doesn't like equate a lot of things to talk about and also like the next episode i have the longest description i've ever written for one of these so <laughs> uh it's uh it's a big it's a lot happens in the next 22 minutes so i guess we just we're done with that already <laughs> Yeah, let's just skip to the next one. Let's do it. Episode 33 is called Farewell Inside Six. Uh, you mean Khan's Khan's Assault. Excuse me? (laughs) That's the guy. That's the guy who runs this fleet, Khan's Khan. Well, let's see how that goes. In the oh sorry, so I I'm not kidding. There's like 800 words, so forgive me for running on. But this is a big episode. I might put music behind this one. It's <laughs> gonna go on a, lot, a long time. Let's go. In the asteroid ruins of Side One lies the Solomon Base, headquarters for the Zeon forces led by Vice Admiral Dazel Zabi. He's pissed that Char has managed to kill more Zeon than Federation soldiers in his time in the war, and he's ready to put the Red Comet to bed for good. Unfortunately, he can't afford to send anything other than a small fleet led by Khan to intercept the White Base, as he's busy amassing forces to meet the Earth Federation fleet at Luna 2. Meanwhile, Char gets dressed down by Khan for siding with Cassilia, and the Zeons speculate as to why Char wears a mask and why he sucks so much. Meanwhile, Char is sending secret messages back to Cassilia for a yet-to-be-determined purpose. Meanwhile, Sayla and Amaro are out training as Sayla questions Amaro about why he treats Fraubo like garbage. Amaro readily admits he's just not into her, which is cold, but hey, at least he's honest about it. She is neither a redhead or a giant death machine, so it makes sense. They're spotted by Xeon troops hiding in the asteroids who are just stationed out here and building a new mobile suit and attack out of surprise. They're in this wild mobile armor called the Braubo because every Xeon ship has a goofier name than the last. They manage to destroy most of the Braubo before returning to the White Base as it slips into Side 6 territory and the ceasefire comes into effect. Every weapon port is sealed so they cannot fire without sanction, and as the inspector explores the ship to verify they have peaceful intent, uh, he states that they can't actually allow the White Base to be repaired because it would be considered aiding a war effort. As he tours the bridge, it turns out this inspector is Mirai's fiancé, Cameron Bloom. He is the closest I have ever seen in anime to a Woody Allen-style Jewish stereotype, <laughs> and Bright is immediately riled that Mirai is not only happy to see him, but also that he's a nebbish peacenik. 
The two talk and get into an argument about why he didn't look for her when Slugger Law comes uh, and immediately takes Cameron's glasses off and shoves him and calls him a nerd. This is actually what happens. Mirai tries to defend Cameron, but Slugger calls Mirai the den mother of the white base and mentions anyone would try to protect her, which is probably correct, but also Slugger don't be a bully. It's not this guy's fault he sucks and clearly exists to get owned in this episode. The white base crew head outside to side six where gravity exists and structures and communities flourish. This is a safe place where the crew can shop and drive in convertibles and enjoy the bright lights of the big city. Amuro has no time to enjoy this, however, as he spots a man who appears to be his father getting on a bus and races off after him. When he catches up to him, his dad is utterly nonchalant, just asking Amuro how the Gundam is doing like they haven't been separated by months in a huge war. He lives in a junkyard developing machines and hands Amuro a thing that is supposed to be a Gundam upgrade ship, but Amuro identifies as just some garbage soldered together. He wonders what happened to his father, who seems to be suffered from paranoid delusions, and he tries to tell him about his experiences and meeting his mother back on Earth. Uh, it all goes really poorly, and Amuro leaves in tears. Can't worry too much though, because Amro's called back to escort the White Base out into space because this businessman has shown up telling Bright that they take the White Base just outside Side 6 territory, he's authorized to repair them, and it won't count as violating Side 6 neutrality agreements. If this sounds like an obvious trap, it is, but not because it's on purpose. <laughs> See, this guy's just offering repairs as a war profiteer, but Xeon forces are waiting for the White Base and immediately fire on both the White Base and the repair dock the minute they get out of that territory. The White Base engages the fleet, trying to do so while they protect the docks since it's full of civilians and is where they can get the repairs they need. Meanwhile, Cameron Bloom flies a ship towards the battle to try to get them to stop. Worried shots will stray into Side 6 territory and damage the settlements there. Armor's killing Doms by the literal dozen as Char shows up to battle to demand a flailing Conscom stand down to avoid hitting Cameron's ship and starting an international incident. Everyone backs off, the White Base heads back to Side 6, where Cameron offers to give Mirai Sanctuary on the side. But she scolds him for running away from this fight for the fate of humanity itself, and she drifts away in zero-g as her tears fall down upon Cameron, and she heads back to the wild, uh, the giant warship that she calls her home. The end. <laughs> so, in that final scene... Yes. <laughs> he is like, uh, I, I love you so much. I, like, it's, it, you, you don't understand. Like I know I'm not a soldier, but you're really important to me, and I love you deeply. And we've got to make this work. And then the thing she says before floating away is that means a lot to me. And it's basically the coldest shit that's ever happened. Like, <laughs> because Mariah has literally spent the last couple of months, like, as the last hope for Earth Federation against like literal space Nazis. And this guy comes up and like bumbles his way to like, oh, if you just come to side six with me and then we'll we'll do this. And then I love you. You know, I love you. Well, also, like when she first meets him and they're having this conversation on the deck, she's like, why didn't you come to look for me? He's like, I spent a lot of money hiring people to look around. She's like, that's not the same thing. <laughs> it's not the same thing at all. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this so there's other great moments where like he is on the the bridge of of the uh, of the white base and they're like just get him get him touchy and Bright just goes uh, please this is not appropriate on the bridge basically because yeah. <laughs> Bright has no ability to actually say anything. Well, what he does is he like lays his hand on her arm and they smile at each other. It's like the most chaste thing in the entire world. And Bright proceeds to like get a stick directly up his ass about the whole thing. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I I, I put it on private because I didn't want to get like too many um like replies about it because I'm careful with Gundam stuff. But Bright has the most like, excuse me, please do not steal my girl on the white base. Thank you. <laughs> like yeah. it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, I love Bright. What a what a cartoon. We also get a five minute like explanation of how the sides work in terms of like generating artificial gravity, and it's awesome. Yeah, no, there's no gravity in the center, but there is around the sides. 
Yep. Which is why there's just people like in a shopping mall and you're like, oh, right. This is an old show because the, what the shopping mall looks like is the most dated thing in the entire world. Let me go into space and buy books from the bookshop. Yep. <laughs> his, da- his dad's basically reading manga on the way home to his junkyard, like, hovel. His dad's such a fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I know. So this guy we have not seen since episode one. And it's like, oh, what happened to him? Did he die or whatever? He's just here building garbage, apparently. Just and a crazy was, person. Because, yeah, he was, like, involved with Gundam development. He was an important person in that first He's, episode. So like, like, uh, the implication was that he is the one who designed, like, the computer on the Gundam. Yeah, so I assumed that there was going to be some kind of secret mission he went on, some kind of something that tied into maybe the new type stuff or whatever, because I'm still waiting for that, but I think that's the next episode now that I've... That girl who I recognize from Twitter is in yep. it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's coming. New type's coming. New type's coming. Uh, but he's just fucking in a warehouse putting shit together going, this will fix the Gundam right up. Yeah, no, Space 9-11 broke his brain. And all, uh, like... Uh, um, Amaro does is just go dad 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 over five minutes because he is also Shinji sometimes yeah I uh, mean he thought he thought his dad was dead it's been months Amaro's had a hard time and also he's a teenager like I think Amaro's response here makes a lot of sense considering he mostly just like he trashes the garbage his dad gives him and then immediately goes and fights his battles like he knows how to do and he chases his dad's bus like yep. for the whole route he's like running behind it and screaming the whole time like dad why won't you notice me and then he finally does and he goes oh it's you he's like oh Amro, how's the gundam doing you look nice in your uniform like not why are you here what's going on how like sure oh man yep. space 911 sure did break his brain also yep. the city looks fantastic anime was better before yeah, no, it's great. It's Side 6 is such a cool place. Like, this idea of, like, oh, you come in and we, like, slap tape, literal tape over the barrels of all your guns <laughs> so we know you didn't fire them. Uh-huh. Uh, what a cartoon place. But also, like, the streets are mostly just, there are lights where cars would oh, be yeah. most of the time it's in the just, white it's just the It's just the, like, nice, soft, pastel, like, anime. I, I think of Sailor Moon when I think of towns mm-hmm. looking like this. Like, mm-hmm. Everything is just, like, twinkling lights in the distance and, like, light watercolors of buildings, and it's so good. But also, because it's an old anime uh, and, like, just things were different in terms of how the technology was and the aesthetics of the time, they could just be more abstract. Like, Amaro is basically running past grey silhouettes for this episode, which... It is because they can't afford to animate an entire, like, background scene of people, but it actually gives it this fantastic effect as he runs through, like, a city made of lights and grey shadows. It's It looks beautiful. I love it so much. Yep. Um, so, watching this episode, I remembered this episode as I was watching. I was like, oh, right, this stuff happens, right. Um... And I realized this exact same hap- thing happened to me last time I watched Gundam, but I kind of like Slugger a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. Uh, he sucks he is, when he's he, is, he sucks, and, like, he still sucks, but he sucks in a way that the white base needs a character to suck. Yep. Uh, the show knows, knows he sucks is the thing. Yep. Uh, him literally just, like, being, like, a cartoon 50s bully towards Cameron is the best thing ever. It's such a yeah. ridiculous moment. Because Cameron's being shitty and just like, oh, I love you because, you know, I've paid so much money. Come come back. Like, just falling about. And then Slugger Law's response is to fucking punch him in the face. And then once he has been punched in the face, to, like, flick his glasses back at him in zero G. Yeah. <laughs> 
And Mariah's like, neither of this is good. You're both bad. Boys are bad. Bright, where are you? <laughs> and he's like, don't don't hurt the mom of the white base. Because that's really what Mariah is. Like, he knows. He knows. But yeah, no. Uh, so this business guy comes on and you're like, oh, this is clearly a trap. And then it's not a trap, but also it's totally a trap. <laughs> the same thing happens, but... He doesn't realize it's a trap because he's like, oh, just come to my thing outside Psy 6. It'll be, it'll be fine. And they go along with it. And obviously the Zeons are waiting there because they've known that, like, oh, there's a repair station right outside Side 6 and they need repairs. Let's go there. That's where they're going. Because, yep. you know, it's not detective work or anything. And then he is so incensed when he happens to lead them into, like, the war. Like, oh, no, my station. Yeah. He's like, please take your fight somewhere else. Protect the station. He sets up a station, like, directly outside the neutral territory in order to capitalize on this and is surprised when it fuck like, that plan fucks up. Yeah, well. What an idiot. Yeah. Look, he's trying to, like, literally, it's not like this is, like, some, like, like, skirmish in another country. Like, literally all of humanity is one side or another tearing each other apart. Almost everyone is dead. And this guy is trying to make a quick buck. Like, obviously this guy is not too bright. Half of humanity is dead. I I don't understand. I mean, it doesn't really go into it, but the idea that there's just a neutral side where people are fine and there's a city, like, huh? Well, yeah, they just fucked off and made it like Switzerland, right? Yeah, but it's it's like Switzerland. But what if the entire rest of Earth and every other country was just in ruins? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's weird because I would I expected this episode uh, before I remembered what it was to be like a weird Casablanca thing where like both parties were docked there and like trying not to interact with each other too much and a lot of tension. And it was not that at all. That's what I assumed, uh, given the title and like what Side Six was and how it was sold. Mm-hmm. Um. I was like, oh, are they going to, is he going to see Shar? And no, he sees his dad. <laughs> yep. But also because, like, Side 6 is, like, because we side so much with the Earth Federation, Side 6 is depicted as entirely kind of, like, pitiable and contemptible. Even if these people are, like, here shopping, they're here shopping when Earth is in ruins. Like, yep. fuck these people. Yeah. Because they come in and they're like, oh, we can't fix your ship. And I expected Side 6 to be fucking blown up by the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, just kicking. It's still working. Everyone's living there. I don't know. They seem pretty chill considering the war that is going on. But I guess everyone really wants... I, I don't understand, like, Char being like, oh, it's going to cause a diplomatic incident when, like, their side Pump. is seemingly, like, winning or at least equal with the Earth Federation. There's not, like, there's not, like, a third side that is, like, ruling over all of them, right? Like, they're just at it to win it. Also, they're, they're already at war and every other rule has been thrown out the window because they're at war. There's no there's no one overseeing this. I want, I, like, I, on some level, you have to wonder if the assumption is, like, side six as, like, the major neutral power is, like, pro- like providing material. Not war material, but, like, food and, like, clothing to the rest of both sides as they tear each other apart in war. Yeah, my assumption would be that if side six was attacked, they like, was, like, if side six was attacked... The they would become part of the other side. The mm-hmm. like if if Zeon if Zeon damaged them, then they would become a federate. Like they would try to fight Zeon, and maybe that would be what the in- incident. But it's not like you know expanded upon. Yeah, but also that means like the implication here is that the neutral side is like a bunch of people with all the money in a world where like everyone we've seen so far outside of the zombie family is like super scrappy and trying to just get by in the world. Yeah. Um. But also then. Like Cameron Bloom being like basically Woody Allen in this is kind of icky. <laughs> Anime Woody Allen. Yep. 
where all the money is. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Some... <laughs> think, thinking emoji. <laughs> thinking emoji. <laughs> yep. So, that, I, mean, that, I don't know. Like, whatever. Like, anime be anime, I guess. Sig Zeon. Like, what yeah. do you want? <laughs> yeah, it's no, for sure. <laughs> it is a problematic show. Yep. No, I'm not here to say it isn't, but that. Uh... Oh, the... It goes by without comment, but Amro just be like totally diffusing that. Oh, the, him and Frau Bo are clearly meant to be together. Is my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, because this whole show, he's been like completely blowing her off in a way that's like really mean. Uh, but he's just like, I don't. I'm I'm just a boy with a Gundam. I can't be dealing with her right now. But in any other show, like those two would obviously be paired up by the end of the show. Yeah. And now, like, Sailor straight up asking him, and he doesn't, like, even flinch. He's like, no, I don't really like her. Like, whatever. We were together. We, like, we were friends on that side, but a lot has happened. And, like, she's busy. I'm busy. Who cares? Ah, uh, poor Frau Yep. <laughs> so, in this episode, there is a conversation about Frau directly, like, seconds before a mech called the... Uh, Big bro is in the big no, bro. No, brow bro. Brow bro. Yes. So yes, frow bro and brow bro. Frow bro. <laughs> Can you say these two names three times quickly? Okay, uh, frow bro and brow bro. Yes. Uh, just right. Gundam. <laughs> yeah, the brow bro is interesting to me because it's it it looks like a weird like hacked together like custom like prototype thing and i guess it is because there's like this researcher lady that's in like a she's in a spacesuit the types of which we have not seen on gundam before it's just like a hard like vacuum suit uh it's the one of the things that feels like most like old sci-fi that we've seen in a while and she's just got this crazy ship that looks awesome uh i and they're out here on these asteroids performing tests like i don't know what that's about but it seems cool it's uh and and also she's like don't fucking fire at them. Now we're going to die. Yep. Yeah, I know. Someone, someone who isn't Char, who has some common sense, has shown up. They're just here performing tests. Yep. And one of them decides to open fire on the Gundam. And she's so mad. She's like, God damn it. We're not here for this. Yep. We're just oh. here to test this, these weapons. <laughs> we're here to test this brow bro. Yep. And they're, they're talking about frow bro. <laughs> Oh, goddamn Gundam. A lot happened in this episode. It's a good time. Yeah. Excited for next time. Like I say, that girl I recognize from Twitter is on here. The Finally, yeah. the last character who I'm like, yes, a Gundam character from, well, at least from uh, this show. Like, I know yep. Camille. I know other people. Yeah. But this is the big, like, on the DVD cover character who has not shown up yet is going to show up next time. So I'm excited to yeah, see what happens. She shows up very late. <laughs> Yep. Honestly, I thought it happened like five episodes ago in my memory of like, oh, these are the important things in Gundam. I thought they would be in space and this would have happened long before it does. Well, yeah, because I know like the new type stuff vague. I don't know the, the specifics of it, but I know that, that is a core part of the show. It isn't here yet, even though even though I think it was in the last episode. But Sailor comes in and goes like, Amaro, I wish I was as good a fighter pilot as you. Why, how well, are you so good? What, what, she ha- what, what she does is she's like, oh, I wish I was a better pilot. He's like, you're a good pilot. And she's like, don't try to make me feel better. And then she says, I wish I was as good a pilot as you. Yep. And she's like, well, how did you get so good? And he basically says, I just, I just did the piloting stuff. I don't know. Maybe you should try being the special boy. <laughs> and to be fair, that's what they're doing in, in this episode. And even in that, uh, in that, in episode 32, like when she's taking 
control of everything and she's not like worried about her brother showing up she's great like she's like a natural leader she gets everyone in line because the boys immediately split off and try to get themselves killed fighting and she's like no no no, we have to stay together or we're all gonna die and she does and they don't so you know she does all right yeah go sailor also when in this when they're like training in the asteroid field before they run into the brow bro brow bro uh <laughs> mall bro um they uh there's this bit where Amaro's like i'd like to pilot the g fighter a little longer and she's like okay this would allow me to look at this navigation system because they still don't know how their machines work <sighs> because they've just been fighting this entire time these children you know I think that's all I have for Gundam. This was a big episode. It's a big episode. Someone's going to have to uh, tell me how long the show Gundam takes place over. Because, like, five days went on for about 12 episodes. Yep. And uh, so much happens that... Well, the, the, idea the one of... year war. Well, yes. Th- but they we're already six months in. So I guess the show takes place over six months? That's too long. Yeah, I don't think that's true. Okay. I think the implication is that they were at like Jabro for like a week at least, right? Yeah, because okay, so there are breaks. Yeah. But like, they only took off from Earth like a few days ago. But also, like, this is not a show that actually cares about lining it up that high or hard, you know? Like, no, I, I, I the show doesn't. I just want to know. <laughs> yep. For me, but yeah, I think I think good. Zeta is more of that show because I know they try to put more hard science in Zeta. So. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. Because I know one of the things was uh, they were like, this show has too much like Sentai bullshit in it. And they tried to scale that back in Zeta. So we shall see. Yeah. We shall see. Yep. Uh, that's it. There's no plugs. Thanks, everybody, for supporting us. As always, uh, tell your friends. We're coming up on the end here. We got maybe like, what, three or four, four more weeks, five more weeks, something like that. Five, five more, weeks. more weeks. Yeah. I switched we to my final Blu-ray today. So I've oh, got nice. ten episodes left. Cool. It'll be a great time. There's good stuff coming up, so thanks everybody. <laughs> Amuro, 
忘れはしない少年の日の誓いを青春をかけ守り抜けこの幸せをアムロ振り向くなアムロ男は寂しさ隠すもの隠すものただ明日へと明日へと永遠に覚えているかい少年の日のことを温かいぬくもりの中で目覚めた朝をアムロ振り向くなアムロ男は涙を見せぬもの見せぬものただ明日へと明日へと永遠